you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. That's right. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Radio. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report, and I'm joined each and every week by my wonderful co-host. He is our editor-in-chief at Rocket Sports Media and the founder of this wonderful independent media group. And that would be one Mr. Rick Stevens. Happy September, Happy September to you. It's it's hockey season. Uh, uh, what? Well, so my hockey calendar's all messed up. Rookie you know. rookie camp starts. Yeah, next well, week? you'd think so, right? <laughs> yeah, and and then uh, the full training camps. But no, 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 that isn't no. what's happening uh, this year. We've got uh, we're right in the midst of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and and those training camps will be pushed back uh, a couple months. Today's the first day of the Boston Bruins off season. Yeah. And uh, have we seen the last of Zdeno Chera in a Bruins jersey? Oh, I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe. I did see everyone completely piling on some fan on Twitter today who took took it upon himself to scream and yell and rant at Tuka Rask for being (laughs) so selfish and putting his family first. And because of him, the Bruins got eliminated. It's it's not Raska's <laughs> fault that Halak stunk uh, throughout the playoffs. It's, well, and it's, it's also not. not Rask's fault that the Bruins didn't put the puck in the back of the net. It's kind of what you got to do. Halak was, uh, yeah, he was a little leaky throughout mm. the playoffs. A little bit. We're uh, we're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit here in the show when we get to uh, prediction results and so forth. In fact, we're going to start, of course, uh, with visiting our friends uh, north of the border. Uh, the we're going to talk a little bit about the Montreal Canadiens, give you some updates there. Uh, it's it is their end of season. They're already in the off season. Have been for for a week and a half or so. Uh, so we just want to take a, a look again at. There's, of course, trade rumors circulating, players coming, players going, question marks. So we're just going to examine a few of those things for validity's sake. Uh, Max Domi finds himself in the news again this week. And uh, Phil Deneau and Jonathan Drouin all seem to be hovering around that news as well. Uh, And two former Laval players from last year, uh, we can confirm, will not be returning to the Rocket this year, uh, having signed contracts overseas. So we will talk about that as well. Then in the second segment, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers, who are still in this by the skin of their teeth. They face elimination tonight uh, for Game 5 against the Islanders. It's been, uh, it's, well, 
We'll talk a little bit about that when we get to the second segment. But they face elimination tonight. So we're going to look at what has gotten them in this series to this point and, and the potential for what's going to happen either either way uh, tonight for Game 5. And then to round out that second segment, yes, we uh, we we were remiss last week. We were so excited and had such a great conversation with Brian Propp, uh, former NHLer, that we forgot to uh, give you the results of mine and Rick's round one predictions. So we'll review those quickly. And is, is that the reason? It is. Is that the? It is sincerely. Is that the reason, or was it just because of? Why don't you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the reason. Uh-huh. And so it also means that we were remiss in giving you the round two predictions that we did make before the round second round started. So we'll catch you up on what those predictions. I'm not doing well. Were yeah. So I guess you, what you don't want to talk about those, but we'll get you caught up on all of our predictions and then in the third segment we go kind of beyond the playoffs uh and lots of lots of news uh regarding coaching um there are let's see one two three new coaches um in different leagues to discuss as well as a new director of player development to discuss uh some some talk circulation about uh, the the status of the world juniors and, and things that might be happening there. Um, and of course we always have the feel good finale and it's a fun one this week. I look forward to that. Cause yeah. I, I, you don't tell me, I don't have any idea of what's coming. No. Last week was the only week that well, we that, knew because yeah, that, was that was a team. I wonder how, I wonder how the babies are doing. Mike we Rashel, need we Mike. Need, we need a baby. We need a baby, a baby update. update. Yeah, we need yeah, pictures yeah. and we need a baby update, please. For those, if you missed last week, shame on you. Go back to the archives and listen to it. It was a great interview with Brian Prop, but also we had uh, the pleasure of announcing uh, uh, one of our team members, Mike Rashel, and his wife Brandy, welcoming in beautiful set of twins to the world last week. So they're just a week old. You got to be specific because he's got babies. He's got twins inside, and he's got babies in the barn as well. So I know, well, I know, but well, send pictures of those too. He knows that <laughs> we we get we get uh, baby yeah, yeah. we get baby farm animal pics as well. So it's uh, it's all good. So yeah, we have a great we have a great show. Lots to talk about today. I'm excited. You should be. Uh, so let's start with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I guess let's first just kind of let's get this Max Domi business out of the way. So, so okay, last week it was oh my goodness, Max Domi and Ryan Paling both took you know all accounts of being affiliated with Montreal out of their social media bios, um, and we talked about that, and we talked about you know. And then he was immediately traded for Johnny Gaudreau. R- remember that? Oh yeah, that was a nice no. rumor. No, he wasn't. Um. That didn't happen. I don't think it's gonna happen either. Um, not. I think he'll be traded. I don't think it'll be for Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, and then you know, nonchalantly, Max Domi just snuck in the three letters MTL back into his Twitter bio. Like, uh, okay, well, I'll just the 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 fan wailing seemed to die down a little bit. So let me just stir the pot again and just add those three letters back into my Twitter bio. But now, Rick, there's there's 
more consternation happening with with today's news about well i guess first let's tell us who his agent is well at this point i can say was and what the changes are taking place there for max domi the interesting thing for me is we haven't heard from max domi yet and typically at the end of the season there's um it's 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 uh, Chris G's favorite day, garbage, garbage, garbage <laughs> bag media day, day, garbage yeah. bag day, uh, where players clean out their lockers and um, they all uh, go and talk with the media. Well, we we got select players, uh, and we haven't heard um, directly from Max Domi, um, but don't think we're going to. Um, we'll see. Um, he has uh, fired his agent, Pat Brisson. Um, who is um, uh, long-time friends with uh, general manager Mark Bergevin. Um, and uh, I guess uh, with uh, Domi not having a good season, um, he's uh, an RFA coming up. Uh, there's a contract to be negotiated. Word is that he would like to stay in Montreal. He would like a long-term deal. Uh, he would like lots and lots and lots of money, except he didn't have a very good season uh, and he had a terrible playoffs. So um, he thought the best way to, to uh, uh, deal with that was uh, not have uh, a buddy of uh, the GM uh, handling uh, affairs for him. And he's gone out and uh, uh, it's been confirmed by John Shannon that uh, Darren Ferris is now his, uh, his new agent. So do you think, and this is just, I'm going to put you on the spot just for, for an opinion question here. So, okay, I understand the, the rationale of fire Brisson because he's in tight with Bergevin and, and maybe doesn't want to rock the boat too much with Bergevin. But does doing what he did still do the same thing as far as rocking the boat with Bergevin by firing Brisson and, and now bringing on someone who's going to maybe try to strong arm Bergevin? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think it would. Um, I, I think Bergevin's, um, his, his view is, is already set. And I, I think that view is probably, uh, listen, if we can get him on a short term deal for, for cheap, we'll bring him back and, and, uh, uh, a, a team friendly deal. We're, we're fine. Um, it was it was interesting that and and the other thing playing in Domi's favor is um, that he's best buddies with uh, Jonathan Duran and and uh, Duran at uh, the golf tournament today um, so, you know st- stuck stood up for um, his friend um, but I think it, it I mean it's a pretty um, it's a pretty tough bargaining position for, for Domi, given that uh, he didn't have uh, a good season and, and he didn't do anything in the playoffs. And um, Mark Bergevin was asked about it and he said, um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to comment on, on his play. Um, he'll have to answer for himself. Well, uh, <laughs> Domi decided <laughs> not to. Uh, and um, Bergevin also said that, um, that Domi's future was uncertain Mm-hmm. Um, so now he brings in, uh, a, a new agent and, and one that, um, maybe doesn't have leanings and, and, you know, it's, it's a reminder of, of what Max Pacioretty, uh, did, yep. uh, where, um, he brought in, um, uh, he, he fired Brisson, uh, at the same time, 
uh, at this in the same sort of uh, situation and and he brought in Alan Walsh and at that point um Mark Bergevin shipped him off to uh Vegas um so you know there's um, there's lots of, spe- Darren Ferris is, uh, is the agent for Taylor Hall and, and Sam Bennett, Mitch, Mitch Marner, uh, Victor Mate, um, as well. Um, Isaac Radcliffe from, from the Flyers, uh, for our Fra- Flyers fan, also Morgan Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, he's got a good, um, selection of, of, uh, clients and, and, um, we'll see what happens, but, my goodness, as soon as that was announced on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, you had fans from the Rangers uh, all of a sudden, yes, let's, uh, let's, let's buy get out. Max Domi. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> um, our friends at MLSE, um, uh, Pension Plan Puppets, said, this is phenomenal news if you hate Montreal. That's right. That is the announcement <laughs> of Darren Ferris uh, being Max Max's agent. So... Um, you know, if if that's what what the the issue was there, if 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 Max Domi just wants to uh, stir things up, he's his actions last week and this week um, are certainly uh, generating a, a lot of attention, and maybe that kind of uh, obscures the the bad season that he had this past year. So the big question is: Do you think Max Domi will be back in a CH sweater next year? Me? Yeah. No, I don't think so either. No, I don't think so. And um, part of that was Claude Julien's comments that he sees Max Domi as a center. Uh, Max Domi can't win a faceoff for his life, uh, uh, and he doesn't play uh, defense from the center position, uh, but he generates, they feel he generates more offense at center, and the Canadians don't don't have a center spot uh, available right now. No. So, um, yeah, I, I think... I think that uh, Max Domi is is on his way out. Well, and and speaking about the not having a, a, a center position, that that goes hand in hand with what we talked about last week with with Phil Deneau's nose being out of joint so much about uh, now there's all this center depth and that Suzuki and Kakinemi are taking over those top six, the, the top two center positions and Deneau's not happy uh, playing a more defensive center position. Um, position so if his buddy Deneau's not happy about it where does Max Domi think he's going to fit in yeah Um, Yeah. Uh, it's you know uh, who knows what Mark Bergevin's going to do and um, he if he can get Domi back uh, he always you know he does the thing that you don't expect him to do and and uh, uh, but but my sense is it's there's a better chance than not that that Max Tomey will be elsewhere, and and I think uh, we know that uh, the Penguins put in a, in an offer. Jimmy Rutherford did. Now the, the Penguins satisfied their needs um, in other ways, but back in in the spring, um, in uh, late winter, uh, the P- Pittsburgh uh, was interested in in obtaining Domi, and and Bergevin said no, no. Um, you know, there's been all sorts of speculation about Calgary, about Minnesota, about the Rangers and and you know if if Toronto could swing it, can you imagine Max Domi and the excitement there about a Domi returning to Toronto? <laughs> well, and then I think our friends Bench Pan Pl- Puppets will have an even bigger headline for there mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> um, speaking of, so so we haven't heard directly from Max Domi. There have been 
a number of players who have had media calls over the last week. Um, you mentioned to me that Alex Belzeal has had one um, very recently within the last 24 hours um, and had his own interesting th- thoughts on the postseason and, and what's to come for next season. Yeah, a few days ago, um, he uh, he spoke with um, uh, TVI and, and uh, uh, Alex Belzeal. Um, we know Alex Belzeal will be back, first of all. Uh, he has uh, uh, signed a two-year, two-way deal. Um, and uh, so he'll be back. Uh, now, we're all expecting him to, to, to see him uh, with the Rocket next year. Alex Belzeal, that little taste, uh, whether deserved or not, he he got into the to the postseason lineup, and that was his. Those were his first uh, ventures into the NHL. His at the age of twenty eight, uh, he made his NHL debut in a playoff game, um, and uh, he he was quoted as saying that. Uh, um, he's going to arrive at, at camp. He's going to be hungry. He's going to fight hard. And uh, he knows uh, that he can be an NHL player and that he will uh, secure his place in the NHL. So, um, mm. you know, it's good to dream. Um, you got to have the drive yeah. and, and make the attempt. I, um, and, and, and uh, you know, I, I didn't see him as uh, a viable person for this uh, this playoff. And, and I know that the Canadians milked uh, that story for all it's worth. Um, that was a, that seemed to be a, a, a roster um, um, decision made by the, the communications department because uh, they, they had stories all over the place about Alex Belzeal. Um, but, you know, he obviously didn't belong. Um, He's he's an AHL player, a lot of ECHL experience as well, and even with the Rocket, I I don't want to see Alex Belzeal in the top six top line top six next year. I want you know there's going to be another um, generous influx of talent, and I want to see Joel Bouchard giving uh, the time to those those players rather than the Belzeals and the Lynches and and the um, you know the the spare parts kind of players. Well, and the thing that really irritated me, and we talked about this during during the the Canadians' uh, return to play uh, performances, that um, Alex Belzeal, what I, he got, what an assist, I think. During one, the Flyers series, one assist in six games. Yeah. Okay, um, and sure, there are other players who also struggled with point production and so forth. The thing is, I was starting to see, you know, people, people, Laval fans like Belzeal a lot. They think he's, he's ex- a fan exciting, favorite, sure. and yeah. and and so you usually see a lot of um, excitement about him on social media. But it didn't take long before I started seeing a lot of fans saying, okay, Belzeal's definitely an AHL guy. Those kinds of comments on Twitter, like, get Belzeal out of the lineup. Um, Yeah. And my big complaint was that, for me, I would have preferred to see Ryan Paling in the lineup. Um, Whatever that issue is, whatever's going on there with with not putting the young prospect in, I would have been much more forgiving of uh, the kinds of things that Alex Belzeal was was 
the kind of mistakes he was making on the ice. I'd be much more forgiving of those if it was a Ryan Paling making those mistakes, knowing that he's a young prospect, future a future puzzle piece for the organization and and needs to have those kinds of experiences to learn from and grow and what's that keyword develop um the fact that paling wasn't given a single opportunity to play in this return to play i think was a a, a serious misstep from the organization standpoint um to give him an opportunity to get a piece of that, a taste of that experience that they keep touting that Kakinemi and Suzuki, this this experience was so good for them and their confidence and next year. Well, you could say the same thing about Ryan Paling, but you've wasted ice time with Alex Belzeal. Um, well, and there was that, that one play I, I keep uh, referring back to um, where Alex Belzeal found himself uh, wide open in the slot, clear shot, and he airmailed it into the glass, um, high and quite wide. Um, and you think, uh, you know, Ryan Paling is a guy who's who's been in big game situations. Yeah. Uh, and we saw him uh, play that outdoor game in 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 Buffalo, which is mm-hmm. a pretty big game. Um, and he's he's uh, more skilled, and and um, I, I just we we've we talked about it before, so we won't go back to it. But the the nonsense about uh, him being out of shape and whatnot, right? Um, I I yeah, it would have been great experience for uh, for Ryan Paling, but he wouldn't have had the uh, the story for Paul Wilson that uh, <laughs> that Alex Belzeal uh, was able to generate. No, of course not. So before before we move on to some some news about a couple of former Laval uh, players from last year, just in, just in general terms, we don't have to get too deep, uh, too far into the weeds here or anything, but okay. So you say Max Domi, probably not back uh, on the team next year, just from an opinion standpoint, are there other, other names that you think are, are the, sorry, did I say that too quickly? You did. Sorry. Maybe a little. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, Dale. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dale. Not e- well, and not even just for not getting re-signed, but who also could be trade chips. Well, um, yeah, D- uh, Dale Weiss. Dale Weiss isn't getting <laughs> traded. I'm there, sorry. <laughs> there are there are two unrestricted free agents uh, on the roster: Dale Weiss, uh, Christian Folan. Uh, neither of them will we'll be, be back. back. Um, Charles Houdon uh, is an RFA. Um, uh, he's he won't be back. No. Um, and um, you know he he's talked about having opportunities in Europe, and and I expect that's that's where he'll go. Dale Weiss had some discussions with Switzerland, and and that's where he'll go. Uh, unfortunately, the the writing is on the wall that um, uh, the Canadians want to go out and sign a. Um, sign or trade for a backup goaltender. Um, so I, I am I am hoping that Charlie Lindgren gets traded um, so that he has an opportunity for a chance elsewhere yeah. uh, because another season back in Laval wouldn't be wouldn't be helpful for him. Um, yeah, Max Domi uh, is likely on his way out. Um, Victor Meta is a, is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I, I can see him staying. I can see him going. Um, what's going to happen with Carl Alsner? Uh, are they going to finally buy yeah. him out and give him an opportunity to go elsewhere? Um, I, I don't know. Xavier Willette, 
Um, he seems to have uh, impressed certainly some of the local media. Uh, yeah. But that's that third pairing um, for the uh, for the Canadians in the playoffs struggled, and and their minutes were uh, managed in order that they didn't see the ice too often. So, uh, could uh, Willette be back in in Laval as captain? I, I can I can see that. Um, well, and you've got Flurry and Juleson waiting. Well, sure. Yeah. And uh, you, you have to expect that there's going to be uh, an upgrade. Um, there's, there's Romanov coming in, uh, but a, 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 an acquisition to, uh, uh, to fill that a, a left spot and, and, and be an upgrade. Well, like he was, like Bergevin was supposed to do the last two well, summers. His his to do list is exactly the same as it was last summer, uh, so we'll see. Um, could Tatar go? Maybe. Um, Jordan Wheel. Jordan Wheel. Well, they <laughs> uh, he unfortunately he's a favorite of Claude Julian's mm-hmm. uh, that he can he can put into it into different the versatility of a Jordan wheel is is the reason he'll likely stay around another year um, Jonathan Druan well well <laughs> we can only hope I, I don't I don't know what would cause the bigger ruckus is Max Domi leaving or Jonathan Druan leaving or With, Phil Deneau. Or Phil uh, Deneau. The interesting thing is, and, and Elliot Friedman uh, reported that uh, this week, that uh, uh, it didn't go unnoticed, Phil uh, Deneau's uh, disgruntled kind of comments that um, I, I'll have to consider my future if I'm going to be a third-line center. Um, and so um, that uh, Bergevin has, th- that teams have called uh, Mark Bergevin asking to, uh, that uh, they clarify what uh, Deno's <laughs> status is in their minds. So, mm. well, we do know two names in Laval who will not be back next year, um, and I think different fans will have different feelings about this. Um, the first of which uh, actually happened a couple of weeks ago, but we've been so busy with other news that we're just getting to it now, uh, and that would be. Maxime LaMarche. Oh, wait. Were those crickets I heard? Because I don't think a lot of people are going to be disappointed that Maxime LaMarche will not be on the blue line for Laval next year. Uh, The 28-year-old has headed off to France and has signed with the Rouen Dragons. Um, And so after 230 games in the AHL, Maxime LaMarche finds himself over in France uh, for next year. That's about right. I mean, he was a placeholder only. He's he's slow. Even in the AHL, he's slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, if he wants to continue his his uh, uh, career, his hockey career in France, that's probably a good move for him. And that's actually a that's actually a a, a bit of a news update for Laval fans and also for Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans because let's keep in mind mm-hmm. uh, he started his AHL career with the Adirondack Phantoms, um, and he played uh, the better part of one, two, three, four, five, I think, seasons with the Philadelphia organization. He was the captain of the of their ECHL team, the Reading Royals, uh, for one season. Uh, he played for the Royals a couple of seasons, but was a captain um, in 2016-17. So 
Uh, Flyers fans and Canadians fans will be familiar with Maxime Lamarche and interested to know that he will now be playing in France. Uh, the other player that will not be back uh, is one who tends to sometimes he's he's got a bit of a of a lighthearted personality on the ice. I think he was another one that fans kind of grew into a bit, uh, and that's Nikita Yevtolovs. Uh, he will not be back. He has signed with the Dornburn Bulldogs, um, and so he will be back. Uh, he will not be back in in Laval next year. So he's off to Germany. Uh, he's a Latvian um, um, nationality, and and off. That. You know, Yevpolov was always a real affable guy. He was always really good with us. He always yeah. had a big smile in Very. in the in the locker room, and and uh, just a, a delightful guy to be around. He's got a bit of skill. I always liked the way he kind of matched up with Lucas Vedemo. They seemed mm-hmm. to have some chemistry together. Uh, but again, he's one of those players that uh, gets you from point A to point B, and and uh, when your when your talent comes in, uh, it's time for him to move on. and and um, And good luck, to, good luck to him in Germany. Absolutely, I think I think he'll do well over there. Uh, I think he'll he'll find a comfortable comfortable place over there, uh, and uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on that and and see how he does. Uh, What we are going to do right now, however, is take a quick commercial break. On the other side, we're going to get into the Flyers and uh, what they need to do to not end their season tonight in Game 5 against the Islanders. So don't go anywhere. We will be back in just a moment. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at all Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. Welcome back to the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, here's a reminder for you, or perhaps it's new information if you're a new listener. And if you are, welcome aboard. We're glad to have you here. 
Uh, you want to be sure that you're following us on Twitter. That is the best place to get all of our uh, up-to-the-minute news and coverage of, of games and interviews and so forth. Uh, and so you want to be sure to follow us at the AHL Report. Uh, or if you're a Flyers fan, we also have a Flyers-dedicated Twitter account, and that is at the Flyers Report. So at the AHL Report or at the Flyers Report. And speaking of the Flyers, that's who we are going to focus on for this segment. Um, and who oh boy, uh, they're at backs up or up are are up against a wall tonight. Uh, currently trailing. Uh, down three to one in the series in the round two, uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals against the New York Islanders. Uh, we knew going into this a week ago, we knew that the Flyers were going to have a, a much more defensively difficult opponent in the Islanders. Barry Trotz has executed his system uh, to a T. And all four lines are giving the Flyers an awful lot of trouble. And Rick, I mean, it's uh, they open the series by getting shut out. Uh, it was a, a terrible game, um, a terrible game in which they came back and had a uh, an uproarious second period, but couldn't capitalize on any of their opportunities. And that's kind of been the the, the you know Vigneault was even asked about this to, at today's press conference um you know that the one thing they've been consistent at is that they come up with at one really good period in every game but they're not able to sustain it and the islanders just roll over them um and yet again the big guns the top end guys are not contributing until uh, this this past sunday night which was probably the closest to a full 60 that they've played, Sean Couturier uh, managed to find the back of the net finally. Um, but I think it was pretty telling, Rick, today. Vigneault basically said, enough's enough. Uh, yeah, JVR, Giroux, Borchek, those kind of guys were around. They were young back in 2010 when they were down 3-1 to one in the series, I think, against Boston, um, and managed to come back. He said, but now... They're the veterans, and they need to put their big boy pants on. And I think he said big boy pants at least four <laughs> times in today's media availability. Well, uh, you know, after last game, he he, he said, uh, we worked our butts off. Um, uh, we busted a gut. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we worked as hard as we could kind of thing. Um but but now it's it's uh, there there are no moral victories. It it isn't about working hard. It's about getting results. Yep. And yes, Giroux, Voracek, Katuria, Konechny, Van Riemsdyk, um, they're MIA for for uh, uh, this series. And and uh, okay, Konechny, they 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 you know speculation is that he has a shoulder injury and he's been uh, more or less ineffective. He hasn't been producing offensively. And usually he's, he's one of the guys drawing penalties and, and uh, he's just looked frustrated and the rest, uh, you know, the frustration is there, uh, but uh, they're being um, outworked. They look, they look tired. Niskanen looked uh, out of gas in the third period last game. And it's that relentless, uh, Islanders forecheck and and the bread and butter for the Flyers uh, throughout the season was their forecheck mm -hmm. um, and they they had some trouble in the Montreal series because uh, Carey Price neutralized that that forecheck in this series 
it's the the islanders who are doing that that aggressive heavy forecheck um they're doing it better than than the flyers and and just with all four lines and and that heavy fourth line they're wearing down the flyers d and by the third period um you know that it's the islanders who who are dominating and the islanders have uh outscored the flyers 8-1 in the third period um so uh, no no doubt that Vino is is uh calling out his his main group and and his top players and saying if we're going to continue they've got to get it done they do uh and you know i it's obvious that they are frustrated in their post-game media availabilities. They're getting more and more frustrated and less apt to answer the same questions. You know, Drew constantly with the, if I had an answer, I'd tell you, and and we wouldn't be having this conversation because I would have the answer. Um, so, yeah, those guys need to come out and make a difference tonight. Um, they're obviously the, now, penalties have not been a thing in this series, really at all. Um there's Let them play. That's that's been the attitude. Yeah. So, I guess to some degree, that's a benefit for the Flyers because the power play has been absolutely stagnant uh, throughout the entire return to play. Uh, so they can't rely on that. Um, the other thing that I think is an issue, at, you know, you mentioned their inability to really get on their own forecheck and guys like Konechny not perhaps um, being as irritating and drawing penalties as much. But the one, the other thing that I think that they've, they've missed the opportunities on, there have been two occasions in this series where they could have really tested the Islanders' backup goaltender. Greece, uh, Varley got chased in game two. Flyers went up 3-0 in game two in the first period. Chase Varlamov and Greece comes in. It was the perfect opportunity for the Flyers to absolutely just take it to the backup goaltender and put that game away. And what ended up happening is they, that didn't happen. They allowed the Islanders to crawl right back into it, tie it up and force overtime. And thank the Lord, Phil Myers finished the job because imagine if that game had not gone in the Flyers' direction, that they had had a 3 nothing lead and blew it and lost that yeah. game. Um but then last night, uh, excuse me, Sunday night on the on the back end of the back to back, Carter Hart takes a seat and gets some rest. Brian Elliott comes in. Brian Elliott is lights out in the first period when the Islanders get nine shots in a power play, and he turns them all aside. But you've also got Varlamov sitting the same night, and Greece is back in net on on their end of the back to back, and again. Elliot and Greece both did what they're there to do. Greece did it better. Yeah, um, did. And so there's two opportunities that the Flyers had to really take advantage of a backup goaltending situation, and and they 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 failed on both of those opportunities. And there's some, I guess, uh, I saw questioning uh, whether Carter Hart should have been in. Uh, Nat, uh, Brian Elliott, Brian Elliott, as you said, Brian Elliott was great in the first period. Uh, by the third, it looks it looked like uh, he was a bit scrambly and and overplaying um, his shot. But but he wasn't the the reason for for the loss. No, at all. And the issue was uh, Carter Hart in the back to back. I remember the the Montreal series. 
Uh, game five was a back to back, and that one that was one of the first back to backs for for Carter Hart of this season, and he wasn't good at all. Uh, so it was a good call there, uh, getting the the uh, the backups in. Um, Elliot and Gre- Greece was just um, he was outstanding yeah. um, throughout. Um, so. It's uh, now Carter Hart's going to come come back in tonight. They'll maybe have an emotional lift from that. They tried the emotional lift of of Oscar Lindblom in the in the warmups. Uh, that didn't whether work. that yeah it didn't <laughs> didn't seem to help. The the Flyers seemed to hang them hang their hat on the fact that they hadn't lost back to back since back in early January since my uh, birthday ten and zero record yeah in in the second half uh, after a loss and and now that's been blown so I I don't know what they're going to use for uh for an emotional uh boost tonight but uh, they'll they'll need everything that they can get they definitely need a night where they're going to come out shot out of a cannon they can't waste any time that they had that game two that they had success, Kevin Hayes found the back of the net within the opening couple of minutes of the game. And that's what they need to do tonight if they're gonna be if they're gonna have a chance of being successful, they've got to score first and they've got to score early. Um and then they can't take their foot off the gas. In fact, they need to keep accelerating through all 60 minutes of hockey. Um Otherwise, they're going to fall back into the same pattern that we've seen over the last four games. The Islanders are going to get the upper hand. They're going to wear them down, and that's going to be that. Um, what about a Connor Bunneman tonight? Okay, probably not. <laughs> probably, know. you know, you know, the reason I suggest that is because he's the kind of player. He's he's an Islander. He he will outwork well, yeah. he will outwork you, and that's what the Islanders. Every single one of them is doing. Mm-hmm. And JVR, um, yes, I know why he's in the lineup because maybe someday he'll score. Maybe, maybe someday he'll score. Uh, and and the the Flyers need that offense, uh, but you need uh, players working very hard, and uh, that's why I like Connor Bunneman. He's not likely to get in tonight, but uh, for the players that are in the lineup, they need to work as hard as Connor, Connor Bunneman does when he's in the lineup. Now, to to their credit, um, Vigneault put together a new third line Saturday night, um, which was the best line on the ice. That says a lot when your best line is your third line. Um, but it's a new, a, a new look that they hadn't done before, and that was um, JVR on the left wing, Scott Lawton at center, hmm. which is a new Lawton's usually a left winger. It was JVR, Lawton, and Pitlick. They were the best line on the night. Pitlick got a goal uh, in that game. And they had they had moments and flashes of that in Sunday night's game as well. Um, I imagine that Vigneault will stay with that line. Um, I agree with you. A guy like Bunneman, but maybe yeah, but he's not going to come in. Maybe Bunneman would have been a, a Sunday night when the when yeah. the seer, when the season's not on the line. Right. The question is, will Michael Roffel be healthy? We're speculating that he's nursing an injury, which is maybe why he's been out the last two games. Because he wasn't in the warm up. Um, he wasn't in the warm up last game. No. So. Can Michael Roffel get back in the lineup tonight? And that might help a little bit um, because he also has kind of that hard nose approach and and can and can get in the way. Um, Carter Hart has to play like his idol tonight. Um, there can't be big rebounds tonight. 
Um, and the Flyers need to get net front and get second chances on rebounds. Um, they, that's the other thing that they've not been able to do. They've not been able to establish a good net front presence. They've been rewarded when they've been able to, but they haven't been able to sustain it. It has to happen tonight. Um, so a lot on the line. And don't let Max, um, uh, Matt Barzell have the puck. He owned the puck yeah. for the first period uh, last game. Um, man. He and Anders Lee has been their kryptonite as well. Um, Beauvillier, Barzal, and, and, and Anders Lee have been. But their, their big guns have, have showed up. Produced. Brock Nelson, mm-hmm. um, even their, the, the late, uh, season ad, JG Pajot. Um, I hate to say it, Anthony Beauvillier. Yeah. They, they're, they're doing a, a, a good job. So Flyers fans, buckle in, we'll see what happens. We'll either be talking about round three next week or we'll be talking about uh, who's staying and who's going. Um, What we can look back at, however, right now, uh, briefly, uh, we want to give you the results of where the standings are in the Rick and Amy, the press zone playoff predictions. And from round one, I did okay. Rick did a little bit better. (laughs) So he's currently leading... 21.5 21.5 point. We have a, we're not going to get into, we're is. not going to get into the complexities of the Rick Stevens uh, scoring system. However, there is a points system. And so he is leading 21.5 to my 15. Uh, so I'm only six and a half points behind. Um, I missed uh, one in each conference in the first round. I, I missed, uh, I had St. Louis uh, advancing and, and uh, Van Gogh. Vancouver took it, and and uh, I thought Washington would get past uh, the Islanders. And of course, that didn't happen. We both had Colorado dead on. Uh, we both took Colorado in five. So not only had had the team, but had the number of games correct as well. Um, I also got uh, that happened for me also with the Tampa Bay series. I said Tampa Bay in five, and that's how that's how many it took them uh, to get rid of um who were they playing it feels like a year ago um columbus columbus yeah um you had dallas in six and that's that's what happened there uh so that we had a few that we were right on the money colorado in five which is dead on uh, as well right i, I said had, both of us had i yeah. said both of us had that and i had I gave you credit philadelphia I in six that. i picked that one. i had philadelphia in seven so I got a half a point because I was within a game. So you're leading six and a half points. Uh, and before and round... I'm going to need it. <laughs> apparently, because before round two started, we did uh, lock in our predictions. So for... Uh, we'll go down the list here. So for Dallas versus Colorado, you have locked in what prediction for that? Colorado in six. And uh, I didn't I didn't expect that they would get zero goaltending. Um, in this series, which is which is the way it's played out, and uh, stars stars can score, they can. Um, but I was thinking the same thing. I also have Colorado in six, so we are we are the same on that selection. Uh, Vegas, Vancouver. I you know I felt bad because I didn't pick Vancouver in the first round. I felt bad, and so I said, you know, okay, I, the Canadian and all, I better pick them. I, they the only you know. Canadian, I'd, I better pick them here. Canucks in six, and um, 
Yeah, that's not working out. We'll see how that goes. I took Vegas in five. So that could uh, could yeah. work out. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, Philly, New York. Islanders in six, I have. So do I. Sorry, Flyers fans. Mm-mm. I have to be objective and so i have islanders in six which would mean that i that means that i would think that i think that philly's gonna win tonight so all right we'll see uh and the series that is already done now boston tampa bay lightning i had lightning in six and it ended up lightning in five so but we're lightning i'm happy with it i had boston in seven so although i'm not going to go Take to Twitter and tell Tuka Rask that he's the reason that I lost that prediction. <laughs> so we, we haven't had a uh, as we talked about before the show. We haven't had a seven no. in the playoffs. There has not been a game seven as yet. No, in fact, it was it was kind of weird that uh, the league was going to go ahead. The league went ahead and started round two on Saturday night, not knowing if there was going to need to be any game sevens on Sunday. Um, which would have been weird if round two had begun before round one was completely over. It would have been weird, but it it worked out. Um, so there it is. Rick is currently leading 21.5 to 15. We do have our predictions that were locked in before the second round started. So next week we'll, we'll review how those went and also we'll be able to report on what our round three, our conference final predictions will be. Uh, we can predict right now that we are going to take a quick commercial break on the other side of it we are going to go beyond the playoffs we've got some uh, in different leagues around the world around the continent around the country we've got uh, some new coaching news to discuss uh, as well as uh, some some updates potential updates about this year's world juniors championship so don't go anywhere we're going to be back in just a moment For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, 
the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back once again to the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Once again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can also follow the podcast's Twitter account. We have a Press Zone Twitter account, and that is at the Press Zone. Uh, so you can be sure to follow us there as well. If you'd like to follow Rick and his coverage of of the Canadians, um, and if you just want to interact with him, ask him hockey questions, whatever the case may be, you can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. And uh, if you have questions for me, want to follow my coverage, uh, you can find me at Flyers Rule. And so in this segment, we're just going to give you uh, some updates on some other things happening in the world of hockey uh, right now. Um, I'm going to go, uh-oh, this is what happens when you're the producer. You get to go off script just for a second. Uh, this was something I go. actually forgot to put on the agenda. Just a bit of news out of Binghamton. Hmm. Um, Binghamton, the Binghamton Devils play at the... One of the longest names, uh, aside from Syracuse, <laughs> they play at the Floyd L. Maines Veterans Memorial Arena. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a new company, its it, the arena is being renamed. Um, and so there has been a new naming sponsorship. And so now it's not going to be the Floyd L. Maines Veterans Memorial Arena anymore. It will now be the Visions Federal Credit Union Veterans Memorial Arena. Hey, we got to get Floyd in there. Floyd's Floyd's out. No, Floyd's out. It's the the arena actually started as I believe the Broome County Veterans Memorial Arena, and then name changed eventually to the Floyd Almaines Veterans Memorial Arena, and now it is the. Visions Federal Credit Union Veterans Memorial Arena. And if you think that I am typing all of that on my game recaps, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to come up with an acronym. Um, so that will, uh, the deal will be commenced on January 1st of 2021. And, and the name, it's a 10-year it's a naming rights deal. Um, so get used to it. Get used to it, yep. Uh, so this will come after... Mains. So here's here's the interesting thing. The Floyd L. Mains is on there because right now, uh, the con the naming contract that just expired in June was with Mains Paper and Food. And so I guess they took their namesake Floyd Mains, and that's so that contract expired in June. Uh, naming rights are now going over to Visions Federal Credit Union. So. So does this affect the um, the pregame meals? Oh, I don't know. Because that juice. Don't get me started. 
<laughs> the that's red a story for it. Stop it. That's a story for not be nice. The people actually, I should the people who serve the media. Oh meal yeah, no, they're terrific. In Binghamton, are some of the sweetest, um, the sweetest people. They're just like, it's like your aunt or your friend's grandmother going over to their house and they serve you and they serve you dinner. They're they're very sweet. Hey, and Mike Felino and I will take all of the cabbage rolls That's that you right. can deliver. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Felino was Binghamton was one of the arenas that we would run into Mike Felino the the most often when he was I believe scouting for Vegas, um, and is it Rick get the cabbage rolls? Rick because- get the cabbage. <laughs> we would always sit with him. Uh, and we all three of us our faces would light up when we'd walk into the media meal room and oh Mike Felino's here oh Rick and you're here so yes uh, and I can I can personally attest to the fact that um, if if. Mike Felino and Rick could have corralled their own tray of cabbage rolls <laughs> and just brought it to the table. They would have they would have done that for sure. Mm-hmm. OK, so getting back on the agenda, sorry for the detour, but I keep I keep uh, forgetting to mention that and and just wanted to to put that out there. Uh, if uh, you'll remember, the AHL will have a new franchise whenever this new season starts in 2021, uh, and that is the Henderson Silver Knights, the AHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights. Remember, the Golden Knights uh, bought the San Antonio Rampage franchise and moved it to Henderson, Nevada, which is just outside of Las Vegas, um, where they will be for a couple of years Um, before their new arena gets built. And so uh, the Henderson Silver Knights uh, have named their inaugural head coach, and that is Manny Viveros. Um, He has 13 years of coaching experience, most recently uh, as the um, coach for the WHL's Spokane Chiefs. Uh, He was an assistant with the Edmonton Oilers uh, two seasons ago. And spent two years as the GM and head coach of uh, Swift Current in the WHL, where he won uh, Coach of the Year for the league uh, after capturing the WHL championship. So, so Rick, I think that sounds like a very solid hire for Henderson, uh, and I think he'll be good behind the bench. Yeah, tons of experience. Um, you mentioned uh, Edmonton. He was drafted by Edmonton, kind of a local guy uh, from St. Albert. Grew up uh, northwest of Edmonton, and and uh, but then he he's been everywhere. His resume is is unbelievable in terms of uh, his coaching experience and and uh, where he's played. Uh, he has games in Austria and Germany and Italy and. Um, uh, 29 games in the NHL, a uh, healthy number of games in the AHL, uh, the IHL. Um, he's he's done it all. So, um, and he does have a Calder Cup uh, to his uh, um, uh, resume with Springfield in 1991. So, um, good hire and uh, congratulations to him. Absolutely, uh, we've we've mentioned. Uh in past episodes, the the house cleaning that Buffalo did, both at the NHL and AHL level, uh, and they're slowly but surely getting the the Rochester Americans uh, staff restocked, those cupboards restocked. And today, just today, uh, they announced who the new Rochester Americans um, director of player. De- I'm sorry. 
the Buffalo Sabres director of player development will be Matt Ellis. Um, Ellis played 14 seasons uh, pro, including eight in the Sabres organization. Uh, He was the captain of uh, the Sabres AHL affiliates, both in Rochester and in Portland, as well as for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Um, So he's got a total of 435 AHL games um, for a total of 101 goals and 119 assists. Uh, He's 39. He's a native of Welland, Ontario. Uh, and for the last four years, he's actually uh, been working for the Academy the Academy of Hockey that's in the Harbor Center uh, arena there in Buffalo, which we're very familiar with, uh, having uh, attended uh, a few events uh, there in, in Buffalo for USA Hockey, the All-American Prospects Games, so on and so forth. Um, and so he's he's been working there at the Academy of Hockey right there uh, at Harbor Center right next to the arena for the last four years. So that is the newest Buffalo Sabres hire. Good connections to Buffalo and to Rochester, and uh, congratulations to him. Absolutely. Now, last week we talked about how the Ontario Reign and the Rochester Americans both had named their new head coaches. We mentioned that both of those head coaches came out of the USA Hockey National Team Development Program, the NTDP. Uh, And so this week, USA Hockey needed to name their replacements. And so uh, Dan Muse and Adam Nightingale have been named the 14th and 15th head coaches in NTDP history. Um, Muse has 15 years of experience behind the bench. He was an assistant coach for the Nashville Predators for the last three seasons, uh, whereas Nightingale has spent the last three years with the Detroit Red Wings, uh, most recently this past year as an assistant coach. So that's a pretty solid couple of additions for USA's development program. And obviously, in this kind of position, you want uh, guys that are are good teachers, and uh, it seems that uh, both excel at that. They do, for sure. So we will, uh, of course, be keeping an eye on uh, these, you know, it's, as we've said, the AHL season is probably going to be one of the most fluid storylines throughout the rest of this calendar year. They have a target start date for December 4th for the AHL and the ECHL. Uh, But of course, all of that is contingent on A, what the NHL is able to do for the 2020 uh, 2021 season. Uh, in fact, there's rumblings out today about, um, I have to find the article, but, uh, some rumblings, I think Wyshynski had, uh, had an interview on ESPN, uh, with, with some NHL executives that say, uh, you know, best chance might be a January start for the NHL and, uh, and, and a more conservative estimate might be February or March. So, First of all, the AHL depends on what the NHL is going to do, and then it depends on what the model is going to look like, whether fans can be in the building. There's just so many moving pieces. But that doesn't mean that the business of the AHL uh, can afford to stall in the meantime. So as these new uh, staff and coaching and player uh, updates and and information come out, we will continue to bring those to you. Uh, the other thing that's really a big question mark right now is the IIHF World Junior Championship, which, of course, will be starting on Boxing Day, December 26th, um, scheduled to take place in 
in Canada, in Alberta this year, in Edmonton and Red Deer. Um, but Rick, this week, we're already starting to get uh, René Fassel from the IIHF, as well as uh, some other representatives are, are you know, in the middle of this month, in the middle of September, there is going to be a meeting uh, to discuss what the options for the tournament are going to look like. Um, but the word now seems to be that uh, it's looking more and more like spectators will not be uh, permitted to be at the World Juniors this year. And if that's the case, how how does that now become uh, a viability for all of the countries uh, coming to participate with no ticket sales, no gate sales, things of that nature? Um, so can you give us just a little little bit of insight on on the speculation that's swirling about that? Well, I think they're they're telling us uh, what's going to happen. Uh, Bob Nicholson. Bob Nicholson wears many hats. Uh, he's uh, a chairman of the Oilers group. He's involved with Team Canada. He's a uh, vice president for the IIHF. So Bob Nicholson will go uh, for meetings in Zurich, uh, September sixteenth to eighteenth. You mentioned Rene Fassell, the IIHF president. Uh, they're all t- saying they're saying the right things. Uh, Bob Nicholson says uh, our number one choice is to have fans in the stands. However, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, signals uh, where they're where where they're likely going, and and it's expected that uh, 2021 World Juniors uh, will have no fans in the stands in Red Deer um, and uh, Edmonton, and then um, the it will repeat the following year in the same locations, but this time with fans. And it, it's looking like that's, that's the proposal that hockey Canada will make. Um, and now they have to work out, uh, you know, with the economics, the, the finances of, uh, how they're going to, to put on this tournament, uh, without fans in the stands to generate that, that revenue. Uh, they're going to have to be creative about that, but, uh, it looks like that's where both sides are 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 leaning. It's it's unfortunate to hear, although can't say that it's much of a surprise. You know, we've been we've been covering the the ripple effects and the 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 cause and effect of coronavirus on the sports world and the hockey world since everything started to shut down in the middle of March, and and the one theme that we've kind of hammered on is that uh, it's nice to have a plan, but um, the science and legislation and medical recommendations change every day. Uh, And so um, it's seeing that things are are still not contained um, and and who knows what it's going to look like come mm, end of September, mid-October, once flu season starts. Uh, you've got schools reopening in the last couple of weeks, and this week, uh, that's going to bring another element to, unfortunately, to the pandemic. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, I will say, uh, and I will be the first to say, I was very anxious about the NHL's return to play. Um, we've seen how MLB uh, bungled their return to play. Um, the NFL is having difficulty with cases as well, but I will give credit where it's due. The NHL so far, knock on wood, um, 
yet again this week reporting no positive cases. Uh, Their bubble system seems to be working. And I think a big testament to that is, are the players in those bubbles are obviously committed to staying safe. Um, The bubbles don't work if the players don't buy in. Um, And so I do appreciate uh, that, that the NHL has been able to bring hockey back and keep players and everyone else who's in the bubbles safe. Uh, what that'll mean for for the World Juniors, we don't know yet. Um, well, the NHL has provided a blueprint, and certainly Edmonton and and Rogers Place has, have uh, worked exceptionally well. And it just so happens that that those were the sites uh, for uh, the World Juniors. And uh, why not take that blueprint and uh, and follow it? Now they just need to to make the the economics of it all work. They do. So we'll see what happens. I, I think I think the World Juniors will happen. I just think there won't be any fans there to see it live. But uh, it's still something to look forward to. It's one of the best couple of weeks of hockey that we get to witness every year. So certainly hope that uh, hope that we get to see it. Um, we have to leave you every week with a feel good finale. And now Rick says, you know, it's news to him as well. Well, th- it's not really this week because I, I did share this with him. He just didn't know it was going to be our feel-good finale. I, I call this one uh, Driveway Daredevil because... Um, oh, I, yeah, I stumbled upon that myself and then we compared notes <laughs> and, right. and uh, yeah, yeah, this was pretty good. And if you haven't seen it, go search for it on social media, although it's it's made its rounds on Twitter and, and so forth the last few days. But there was a, a, a guy uh, who noticed that that every evening uh, the video camera sensor got would get tripped in his front driveway and he would look and he'd see that this little boy and his mom would be out on their nightly walk and kid would be on his little bicycle um, with his helmet on and whatnot. And every time that they would walk down, walk and ride down the sidewalk in front of his house, this guy has a really big concrete parking pad. and this, Double, double concrete pad. Yeah, yeah. So this kid had, had to just come and, and take a couple spins around this nice, big, gigantic concrete pad. So uh, this guy went out in the middle of the night and using sidewalk chalk drew a twisty, turny, switchback uh, little quote-unquote race course and with arrows pointing which way he should enter it and and exit it. And sure enough, the kid and his mom noticed it the next day and it became like a nightly thing. (laughs) Um, You know, if it would rain, he would go out and and do it again. He would make it a little twistier and turnier the next time. And he even says on the video, I don't know who's having more fun, the kid or me. Um, But... You know, it's just nice to see um, neighbors and communities doing nice things for one another. And the kid was obviously loving it. I mean, he was just like, hey, I have an actual course to ride now. Very cool stuff. Nicely done. Uh, So um, with that... My goodness, we just flew right through that. There was so much to cover this week. We're so glad that you're here with us. Don't forget, uh, just because the Canadians uh, have ended their 1920 season, um, 
doesn't mean that we're going away. Even if the Flyers get eliminated tonight, we're not going away. Uh, We're here every week. There is so much hockey news to talk about. So we will be here. We want you to be here. Uh, So be sure you're following us on social media at the AHL report, at the Flyers report, at the press zone. Uh, Be sure that you, whatever podcast platform you're you prefer, be sure you find us, subscribe and follow along uh, so that you never miss an episode. And, and Rick, what what's the best way for people to find uh, our podcast as well as our other Rocket Sports Radio podcasts and even go back and listen if they missed any episodes? Go to ahlreport.com and uh, look for the podcast tab, and that will take you to the archive of all of the Press Zone uh, podcasts uh, going back over uh, the number of years. And uh, as well, if you're interested in the Canadians Connection, that's our Canadians Focus podcast. Uh, that happens every Saturday that I co-host with Joe Whalen. Uh, go to allhabs.net. Um, the, the other way is uh, we have a, uh, a website, Rocket Sports Radio, rocketsportsradio.com, and and uh, it doesn't have some of the the articles and, and uh, uh, game reports and those kinds of things. It's just for podcasts, uh, and you can find us there, rocketsportsradio.com. And lastly, I'll just say, if you got something to say, look for us on those uh uh, on social media, the the Twitter um, handles that uh, were put out earlier, or text us five eight five three rocket. We have a Rocket Sports text line at five eight five three rocket. We'd love to hear from you. We love interacting with our with our listeners and our followers and fans of hockey all over the world, no matter what your team affiliation is. Uh, and like I said, we're we're happy that you're here. We want to see you back here next week. Tell your friends and family if they're if they love hockey, get them to tune in as well. Uh, just hit that subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. And uh, we just ask you to stay safe, social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands. And come back here again next Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of the hockey this week. Uh, good luck to you Flyers fans out there as you take as you take in uh, Game 5 tonight. And we'll be back next week with another great episode of The Press Zone. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.